If you're itching to get your digital product, course, or service out to the world this year and bringing in those new clients, customers, or students, well, today's episode is for you because these all require one thing to be successful, a warmed up, excited, eager, and ready to buy audience. My name is Anne Samoylov, and I've been supporting and strategizing online course launches for clients, myself, and students for over a decade. And I want to help you get your big idea out to the world, too. Whether you're a coach, an artist, a consultant, or you just have a course you want to get in front of more of the right people. Well, I welcome you, friend, to the Fearless Launching Show. Let's get into today's episode. So you want to launch a course. Maybe you've been creating a course or a new service, coaching program, or you're even just thinking about one of those things. I'm not sure where you're at this moment, but regardless, you're getting close and thinking about getting that offer out to the world, out to your audience, out to a specific group of people, and you know that you need to launch. You owe it to that thing that you've created to make a little fuss the first time out the door, especially. So if it's your first offer of your business, congratulations just for taking that step and thinking about this. Or maybe it's just a new thing you're offering to restart or reset or rejuvenate or just do something new for your business. And both of those scenarios are equally exciting to me. I love that. I love the restart, the reset, and revision time. And I also love the beginning. It is so fun. So that said, you might be wondering, and where do I get started? How do I warm up my small list or just my list, whatever size it is, or get people ready for that launch, even if they're not on my list? No matter if you're doing a live launch with a webinar or a challenge or all those things, or perhaps you're doing something that's more automated. You're launching your funnel. You're getting that. You're like, you set the date when that's going to go live, but you're right about your audience. Uh, and you're really right to think about your audience and your list and the people in the world and how to make sure they're primed for your launch and ready to get excited about whatever it is you're launching. So today we're going to cover a few different topics related to this whole warm-up phase because it's really critical. And it's often more critical than the stuff that we stress stress about that's happening in the launch. Now, number one, we're going to talk about how long does an audience really need to be warmed up for any launch? Number two, what content and communication do you need to send out to actually do the warming up because you would assume you've got to do something. What am I going to have to do? And third, we're going to talk about a few different plans and approaches for warming up. Really, they're based on your personal preference and you can mix and match what I'm going to talk about. We're going to just talk about a few different approaches to that warming up to give you an idea of how to make this your own, right? And have fun with it. So the truth about building your audience, and that goes for any platform, is this. And when you're building your audience, what I mean is you're building an audience for the thing that you are launching. So many people talk about list building 
just this list building. And I get that because that is an important first step in just starting to have some, know that you're talking to people. However, I think it would be really unwise to just start building a list willy nilly without knowing and without giving them some sort of direction. And when you're creating, let's say your lead magnet, you're creating something that's going to lead them to whatever it is you're launching. So I'm glad you started with your product actually, because your list building really should be focused on leading people to the things that you are selling. Granted, you could just be not just, but you could be a content creator. And maybe people are just interested in who you are. So you're not going to be launching products per se. So that's a little bit different. In this case, you are truly an online course creator, a coach who's created a coaching program, a service provider, maybe a consultant, and you want to get services, your products, your digital products, templates, whatever it is you've created out to the world. Or Perhaps you've even purchased one of these private label rights or master resale rights types of programs. And by the way, I'm just going to say up front, we have, an art, we have an episode coming up about that, but I am really, just like the whole pe- shaming people for Ozempic and Manjaro and all that kind of stuff, don't shame people for finding an amazing product that speaks to them, that then they can serve people in their own way. Because I think that there are so many ways to serve people. And just because you're not the sole creator of a course or a digital product or whatever, doesn't mean that they have less value than you. I'm actually seeing a lot of people put down people who are choosing that path. And while I think there are definitely some inherent issues with it that you have to be aware of going into that, I see... I've seen, there may be products you don't even know. And I know of at least one big one that is a, basically it's a, it's not, I don't think it's exactly an MRR or PLR, but it's licensed, which is a similar kind of situation. Somebody else created the framework, the content, And then the other person put their branding and their own kind of flair into it. But you're not going to know about those things all the time. So there is, I know there's a little bit about that. So if that's your product, don't be shy. It's okay. You, but you still need to warm up an audience. You still need to, after all the, the initial TikToks and reels that you're doing about whatever you're creating and all of the, I made this much and I made that much and all of that, you're still going to need to warm up your audience. Okay. Another soapbox. Oh my gosh. Let's count that. That's a two soapbox podcast so far. Okay. So let's just talk about what's really needed to build and warm up a list. Okay. And this really goes for any platform that you're on. When I say audience, I'm just going to use that word because your audience is wherever people are watching or reading or listening or scrolling or whatever. One, you got to grow, you grow and you warm up by showing up consistently. People got to know you're there. They got to be used to seeing you. You're part of their daily. There's something that maybe they search for. Oh, Anne comes out with a podcast on Thursdays. Oh, Anne might be on Reels today. I haven't seen Anne today. You want that consistency because then people get engaged and in your world, regardless if they need your specific reel about with your cat sitting on the counter with you, (laughs) true story, 
it doesn't matter. Being consistent actually helps people know where you are, right? Being consistent also doesn't mean daily, weekly, whatever. It means your consistency, you setting that consistency for yourself. Now we talked a lot about content, so I'm not going to really go into a ton of that because uh, two weeks ago we talked about that. I will put that in the link to that in the show notes, but it is important to set that consistency for yourself and remind yourself like, oh, people are, people know I'm going to show up. I, I think of Teresa Reed and it's amazing that I might've gone off the rails and not been on too many of Teresa's lives, let's say in 2023. But you know what? I went over the other day and she has her morning live on Instagram and I'm like, oh, cool. Or I might see the replay later. Oh, she's still doing these. Great. You want people to depend on that, even if it doesn't seem like it's an important thing for you to do. That's why consistency is important. It's not necessarily you're just showing up to show up. You do want to provide value, but you also want people to have that connection with you. Oh, Mel Robbins, she's going to put that, I know that's going to happen. I have several people that I follow and that I've purchased from who show up regularly. Okay. And you just have to decide what that is, where that is, and make that consistent for yourself. Okay. And then this is the only part I will talk about some content related things in terms of warming up your audience for launches. So it's important to be creating content related to what you're going to be launching. Now, in the first few years of my business, I literally almost went insane because, and you'll, here's why, because I did so every single week I was doing a blog post. And I swear the word launch was in every flipping blog post. I was like, I can't write about launches anymore. And I'm like, I can connect anything to a launch. And I was just going bonkers because I just would keep doing it. Soon I found other topics that I was that I allowed myself to not use the word launch in the actual title. But let me just tell you, it did work because people got on my list. They search for launch or whatever, a launch workbook, and they, they grab the launch workbook. Cut to today, I've updated that workbook so many times, but it's been my one main opt-in, my primary opt-in that brings in all the subscribers. So people are telling you to create 5 million different opt-ins. Sure, you can do That's fine. But you can also create that one and just keep updating it, keep adding value to it, and keep sharing it with people, Okay. By the way, the, I do talk about list building quite a bit over on the blog. So if you want to head over to ansomwellup.com blog, just do some list building searches. I know that they're there because I've just done so many years of the content related to that. And I may even have one of my old webinars about list building up somewhere. I'm going to see if I can find it and I'll put it in the show notes for you all. But here's the kind of content you want to be sharing as it relates to the product that you're going to be selling or the service. So common mistakes, common misconceptions, myths, things people believe that you don't believe. 
you know, the unpopular opinion. Like, I know everyone thinks live launches suck, but you know what? Launches in general are actually very important. There might be something that you could get on a soapbox about. I'm not, I am not getting on a soapbox again, I swear. Um, challenges that people face, depending on where you're on. This, of course, when I'm saying all these things, it means you need to think about your ideal customer and think, oh, what are the mistakes that they might make at their stage in the pro in whatever timeline they're on in what you solve and in that journey on that? Because you could be in health or money and finances or relationships, or you could be talking about business or social media or whatever the case is. Also, you want to talk about what's possible for them. What's possible might come in the form of stories of other people or things that you've learned. Imagine what it would feel like if you could do this and this. That's why I'm trying to be very general here because aspirational posts on Instagram and social media in general, are they do very well because people want to know what's possible as well as the challenges, you're like, yeah, I made that mistake. Yeah, I made that mistake. Yep, that's my challenge. But they also want to, they want that relief, a little bit of relief, okay? What's possible when they reach their desired outcome? You also can share tips. You can provide encouragement in the form of just you talking or quotes, your quotes. I would actually, one little thing, one little side note is that I would love to see everyone start creating their own quote bank of their own quotes. If you say something during a podcast, you'd be like, dang, that was good. And then write it down and make your own quote cards. For many years, I think I even had a VA do this once. Gather all the Seth Godin and Wayne Dyer. I listen to all these people who inspired me and I love their quotes. I'm not going to say I don't, but I'm like, and you got quotes. We all got quotes, right? So provide encouragement with your voice. Remember, we talked about this last week, your voice. People want your opinion. You can also tell people your own stories or stories of different things that have happened through your own journey to learning whatever it is or learning how to teach or learning how to coach or whatever it is that you do. I actually have a great episode on social proof that I'm going to that I'm going to put in the show notes as well, because there's one type of social proof you can do, even if you don't have people who've worked with you yet. And that is share case studies of other people that aren't your students. Heck, there are so many people out there sharing their story online, on social, about how they went from this to this and this is what they did. You can certainly find some of those stories and share those almost as proof of what it is you're teaching. See, even this person sh ch was challenged with that. And then when they made some changes, now look at them. It doesn't mean they've worked with you, but it is proof of the concept. It is proof of the value of solving a problem. It helps people who aren't even really aware that they have a problem or take their problem seriously. So what you're going to do with some of these that I've shared is you're going to choose a few that you think will resonate with your people. Just a few of them. I gave you like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven or so. You just pick a couple, right? and start creating content. My general approach has always just been create enough content for two weeks so that I am really focused in on my product and the outcomes of that specific product. 
right? So create content for two weeks. Don't be afraid to post. Your call to action during that couple of weeks might be just to a freebie, your lead magnet. Or it might be, and then in your freebie, they can sign up for it. They get to a thank you page. They get an email. Maybe then you tell them about something that's coming. It, it helps you get people another step down the line, a little bit further down the track towards your product. The call to action could also be an invite to an upcoming webinar, to be part of a challenge, or maybe to watch a video where they can learn something or learn more. Or perhaps you're going to just, during that two-week period, this is, it's like back and forth I feel about this. Sometimes people will just go straight for it. I think give them a little bit of a bridge where you're sharing valuable content, asking them for signing to sign up for something or inviting them to a webinar I think is amazing or some sort of interactive type of content that is then going to lead the next very next step to making an offer. But doing some sort of call to action is critical no matter what it is you're creating whether it's a social media post or it's in a podcast episode, right? You can do both even. So important, when you are sending emails, posting a lot of reels, a few different things can happen. I used to talk about this. Launches do build lists. They do help you build lists, especially when new people discover what you're doing. If you're posting a lot on social, that, that does happen. However, you may also see a decrease from your list with the amount of emails from your real, like your reels, I laugh actually, because I laugh at people who claim thousands follow them from one reel, because I think that's not always the case. And I've watched it. I'm like a hawk watching people's follower counts go up and down, okay? Because when you first start sharing a lot of content and sales content, people are gonna unsubscribe, unfollow. That's okay. You want that. Remember you want that. Okay. Just know that's just the general thing that could happen. It's not necessarily going to happen. I'm going to give you a few things that you can do in a little bit to maybe help with that as you're posting and sending, etc. But I wanted to say on reels, this is not a soapbox. I laugh at when people are like, ah, thousands follow me from this one post. And I wonder, okay, maybe this is a little bit of a soapbox. Okay, I'm going to go for it. All right. I wonder if they hadn't been wearing a bikini, a revealing top, booty shorts, or selling themselves sexually, or talking about the thousands they make every day, would people actually follow them if they were just shit. I'm sorry, but there is something to that. People are not just following willy-nilly unless there's a reason for them to. And those are two pretty obvious reasons why people would follow. And there was this one girl that I saw and I'm like, gosh, dude, your content is actually good. Um, but are you getting the follows for your butt or for the content? I'm sorry. I, and that's just me. Maybe it's just because I'm a little bit older than these women and maybe I'm jealous, but I've never been that person who's going to put my butt on Instagram or open up my shirt or whatever. So I just think that's, impo that's important to know that most people who increase their content output will see potentially a decrease 
from their lists, okay? From their, from their mailing list, that might happen. That's where I think you'll see most of it, if anything. And then also you might see that because people aren't used to seeing you. Like if you're quiet for a year, your lists, your followers aren't going to change because they're not seeing you pop up in their feed. But believe me, you do want this to happen because you only want, you want buyers on your list. doesn't matter the size of your list. You just want buyers on your list. Okay. Just remember, even when your list or your followers are decreasing, it actually helps you grow an engagement. If you send an email and you exclude all the bounces, remove all those spam reporters, if there are any, and any unsubscribes just in case your system doesn't do it on purpose or on by mistake, you're going to notice that, yes, you're sending to a smaller pool of people, but you'll have a better open rate. So that's really what you want to think about in terms of social media as well. Fewer people doesn't mean a bad thing. If you see a drop in numbers, it also could be completely unrelated to you. So I just want, I want to say that because I've had a lot of uh, clients who do struggle with that from time to time. And and I honestly feel bad sometimes when I'm unfollowing accounts because I'm like, that's a person. And if they have a small number, I'm like, oh, that number probably means something to them. And then when they see it one less, are they going to feel bad? That's just me. I'm a very sensitive soul. (laughs) And so I just want you to know The decrease in subscribers or followers is not a bad thing. You only want people interested right now in what it is you're sharing and going to be selling in the future. So as you can see, I usually do like a two-week warm-up. However, there are a few different plans for warming up your audience. Now, two weeks ago, we talked about content and content frequency. And one of those was the most important, I think, is to establish a weekly piece of content, a longer piece, no matter what it is you do. It could be a video, it could be your podcast, and they don't have to be as long as my podcast or they could, I had short podcasts last season. And the important thing is that you have weekly content specific to your topic, to your expertise, constantly establishing to people that you are there, this is your expertise, and you're inviting people weekly, getting people on your list. This is ongoing. This this part doesn't stop. Now you can do that. This keeps you emailing regularly, which you also want that, making sure that your list gets a chance to clean itself naturally. I'll say that. But try to focus on sending to active people only, even during that time. And honestly, I'm not new to that, but recently I thought based on all of the new Google domain verification, all that stuff, I'm like, you know, I don't even know why those spam reporters are still technically on my list because are they just there to report spam like these one or two people that I'm like, ah, bye-bye. And so I just exclude the bounces. I remove the unsubscribes. I remove anything that's not an active in the last 90 days. And yes, it's a smaller number. Of course it is. But my goodness, it feels good to look and be like, oh my gosh, my open rate is 50 flipping percent. 
what the heck? So that makes you feel good knowing that, okay, for the most part, I'm sending it to the right people because what can actually happen is if you have, as your list gets bigger and bigger, that open rate just feels, I remember at one point, I think it was like 13%. I'm like, dang, okay, that sucks. This past year, it's been mostly at 25 to 30, which is amazing. That is even before removing any of the small little bits and bobs of inactive people. So I, I know I'm talking about email marketing and I'm mixing it up with your social media as well, but just know that there, there is an ebb and flow here and just be aware of where your most active people are and where your inactive people are. And it's okay. Like it's hard to tell a little bit on Instagram right? It's hard to tell a little bit on social. There's insights and also you're just not sure. So it's important if you're going to use something like Instagram, use all the tools on Instagram. Don't just create reels, do stories. Reels are great to reach new people. Stories are great to engage with your current people. And the same thing with your posts. I think those are important too. And I have those myself working those back in as well. Okay. So we're, before we get into the few different plans besides the weekly content. So now the two different plans that I generally like to use are this six weeks or two weeks. I know there's a lot of room in between, right? So six weeks of more connected content try some lives or a new format, but also think about your existing content. I want you to pull out mini topics from your actual product, from your actual program, from things that you've talked about related to the program. If you've created a sales page, which I always say, start with your sales page, Start with your sales page, go there and look for things that you can pull out and expand on for any sort of topic, okay? My first launch, back in the day, I did four weeks of blog content about launching, even though that was 2012. All I've done since then is essentially layer on more content in different places that are now available and share those originals as well with updates that I've made over the years on social, on social, in evergreen email sequences that new subscribers sometimes get. And then I did a webinar and you can still do that sort of thing as well. Okay. So technically there's a six week, there's a four week. And then if you're ready for something more intense, you can go hard and create your two week, two, two weeks of live interactive video showing up every single day. There can be short form, there can be longer live teaching kind of style events. Like you could do four, like Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, you could do live classes or live presentations, or just do come on and do like a longer form live video on whatever platform you love going on. And then the rest of it could be filled in with either shorter form or written or audio, whatever works for you. Now you may want to ramp up to this. It, all of that all at once could be a little bit hard to your list, to your audience. They may be like, oh, that's too much, too fast. You could ramp up to this, slowly turn up the volume. So people aren't like, 
bam, you just hit them. So you do a mix of behind the scenes, lifestyle stuff, tips, challenges, problems, asking them questions, letting them know something's coming, sharing mistakes, using a PS in your emails, sharing stories, just creating content. That's why six weeks and four weeks used to feel better to me because I'm like, gosh, I don't want to be on all the time. And now I'm creating reels every single day. I'm, I haven't gone live, which I do want to do that as well, but I feel pretty good about the amount of time that I'm spending emailing, podcasting, posting, all the things, right? But if I were just doing my podcast and not doing much promo or social, I would likely do a ramp up of like at least a couple more weeks prior to that, where I'm not really talking about, I'm not really pushing things or I'm like sparsely saying something's coming. Hey, check this out. Now, as all of the, what I've been talking about is prior to the webinar, prior to the opening of the funnel, pre the challenge, you get to decide what it is the precursor for. Okay. So let's recap. How long does it take an audience really need to be warmed up for any launch? In general, you just have to be consistent. And I think six weeks is a good range of time, but honestly, I know people who have taken six months so give yourself time to get consistent with that weekly content and then start ramping up to the launch, making sure also that you are getting the interaction, the likes, the follows, maybe the questions. And if you're not getting those hits, we talk about these little hits also in Fearless Launching, but Sometimes it just takes a little bit to start seeing that interaction, that back and forth. The, you send out a piece of content, someone says, hey, okay, I like that. The next part is the content and communication you need to send. And I would recommend going back to the content strategy episode just a couple episodes ago and re-listening to that in order to just get your base level content and communication going. That's the important thing, right? And then you can use today's episode to plan out the actual closer to the launch warm-up that we discussed. Then we talked about a few different ways to approach warming up, whether it's the six weeks, whether it's the four weeks, whether it's the two week blitzkrieg. So that's it. That's it for today. I would love it if you would hit the subscribe button, follow, leave a comment, leave a little review, depending on where you are. I'm trying to hit all the angles here, but I have been absolutely loving this season of the Fearless Launching Show. It has been making me so freaking happy because of you. I love all of the emails that I'm getting. And if you're not already on the email list to find out when this is coming out and like little tidbits I don't really share publicly, then make sure to go to ansomorelove.com and just sign up for, I don't know, the launch workbook. That'll get you a free workbook and then you'll be on the list. So that's it. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you next Thursday.